This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim High Excellence presents Jewels from the Holy Quran A series of lectures by Mufti Ismail ibn Musa Menk Lecture 24, Jews 28. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creator of entire creation. Wa usalli wa usallim ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Complete blessings and salutations be upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And all his companions, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us as well and our offspring. Honored ulama, beloved brothers and sisters and dearest listeners, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commenced Suratul Mujadalah or Al Mujadilah in a very interesting manner. We all know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala watches everything, He knows everything, He listens to everything. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no one can hide from him. There was once a lady who came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This lady was married. And we all know that it is difficult for married women to complain about their husbands. When their husbands are harassing them in one way or another. The little harassments on a daily basis, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. It is difficult for a woman to come up and complain about the one who is supposed to be protecting her, the one who is supposed to be providing for her. But after some time, they build up the courage. So one such woman, known as Khawla binti Tha'laba radiallahu anha, built up the courage, and she came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I have got a problem. There is a crisis in my home. What is that crisis? My husband has lost interest in me to the degree that now he passes comments saying that you are just like my mother and he stays away from me. Who can I go to? Who can I tell? What should I do? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave her some good advice. Look, be patient, bear patience, try this, try that. Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with those who bear patience and the advice that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave her. But she complained and she continued to dispute to say now it's too much. He has now made a similarity between myself and his mother. How is that possible? He's trying to tell me that I am a mahram to him. So he will not sleep with me basically. <coughs> so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam waited. As this woman began to leave, Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam came down with powerful verses. قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has heard the lady who has come to you complaining about her husband. And she is complaining to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will show her the way out. This verse is so powerful, it brings tears to the eyes. And it brings comfort to those women who are being oppressed. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what you are going through. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will assist you. And it also presents a very stern warning to those men who take advantage of the vulnerability of the women. And they continue harassing them and troubling them. They cannot speak to their own parents sometimes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows their plight. May Allah protect us all. We should never be oppressing the women folk. This is why it is very important that if we have problems, we should solve them. Let us admit where we are wrong as men folk. And this does not give the green light to the women folk to say that now every problem, the men are wrong and the women are correct. No. But even where the women folk are wrong, wallahi, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to change ourselves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us strong. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed that particular husband to say that you must fast as a punishment and a penalty for that statement of yours for two consecutive months. Two consecutive months without missing a single day in, in between. Amazing. And if he was not able to do that, there were other issues that he would have engaged in. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes that clear in this particular surah. And this is why the surah is called either al-mujadala, which means the dispute, that complaint, that literal argument about the husband, or al-mujadila, after the woman herself, known as the woman who came to you with that dispute. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. In this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the secret meetings that we have. And he says, أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ Do they not know that Allah knows everything in the skies and on earth? مَا يَكُونُ مِن نَجْوَى ثَلَاثَةٍ إِلَّا هُوَ رَابِعُهُمْ وَلَا خَمْسَةٍ إِلَّا هُوَ سَادِسُهُمْ Do they not know that whenever they are four, Allah is the fifth. Whenever they are five, Allah is the sixth. Allah is all watchful. We can never ever hide from Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. We need to be conscious of our actions, even in our own bedrooms. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next surah, which is Surah Al-Hashr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the wealth that was given to the Muslimin. If you take a look at Islamic history, there was a time when the Muslims were driven out of Makkah. They had to engage in hijrah, fulfill the hijrah. They left their properties. They left their wealth and they were forced out of their houses. Then there was a time <coughs> when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala permitted them to retaliate and to get back whatever was taken from them. And as they were getting it back, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dictated terms to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is how you shall split the wealth. And after making mention of all these economic rules, rules pertaining to the financial assets of the Muslimin, how they must be handled and what should happen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says why He has decreed those laws of Islamic economics. He says, يَكُونَ دُولَةً بَيْنَ الْأَغْنِيَاءِ 
so that wealth does not remain in the hands of the rich forever and ever. For that reason, the rich have to give to the poor and must assist the poor. And there will come times when Allah will might make those who have not have any more. May Allah protect us. And there will come a time when those who were poor will become multi-millionaires. All this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The days cannot remain the same. That is a guarantee from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I'm sure in our lives we've seen examples of tycoons whose grandchildren are begging on the streets. And examples of those who had very humble beginnings who are now tycoons. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with us. Because the criteria is the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must be achieved. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really be pleased with us. Whether you have or don't have. If Allah is pleased with you, there is nothing more that you need in your life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with us. And that is why Allah speaks of the poor people. Who were those who were poor? The muhajireen, after they were driven out of their homes, Allah makes mention of their qualities and praises them in Surah Al-Hashr. لِلْفُقَرَاءِ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِن دِيَارِهِمْ وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ يَبْتَغُونَ فَضْلًا يَبْتَغُونَ فَضْلًا مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرِضْوَانًا وَيَنْصُرُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the muhajireen and he says those poor muhajireen who were driven out of their homes, their properties were usurped from them. They were driven out of their homes and their land. They made hijrah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They assisted Allah's cause and they assisted directly the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah uses one word to describe them. Those are truthful. They have fulfilled their covenant. They are, they are really, really truthful. They have stood up to their word. Allahu Akbar. May Allah make us truthful as well. Not forgetting the Ansar. Who were the Ansar? Those whom the Muhajirin went to. Imagine there was such a huge movement of human beings from one city to the other. Nowadays we have the UNHCR, United Nations High Commission for Refugees, something of that nature, where they still cannot solve the refugee crisis of the globe. They leave the people in tents and they feed them. Well, alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us to help those who have been displaced. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from those who are driven out of our own homes. But if we look at how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam solved the matter, it was not even a problem. Akha an-nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bayna al-muhajirin wal-ansar. When he arrived in al-Madinatul Munawwara, he looked at the residents of Medina and he picked them up one by one and he chose for every family, one family from amongst the muhajirin, you take them into your house and look after them. Allahu Akbar. So double the population of Medina. Suddenly, without even noticing that we all have guests, alhamdulillah. If all of us here in Cape Town have a guest in our homes, will the others notice? They won't notice. Until we gather maybe in the masjid and we will see, mashallah, there are people from all over who are here. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam solved the problem and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises the Ansar. What is the quality of the Ansar? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it. 
والذين تبوأوا الدار والإيمان من قبلهم يحبون من هاجر إليهم they loved those who came to them they loved their guests when a guest comes we should be getting happy it is a sign of barakah it is a sign of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala some of the sahaba radiallahu anhum when no guests came to them they were worried they were worried that maybe they have done deeds that were unacceptable so Allah is keeping away from them the honor of hospitality with us we hope that is the case that we regard it as an honor and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَلَا يَجِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِّمَّا أُوتُوا وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ Allahu Akbar. Allah says, in their hearts, they do not find any need for what Allah has given them when someone else needs it. So Allah has given us food, and I look at it, I need it. But someone else also needs it. The Ansar were from amongst them who happily gave it away, knowing that we might even die of hunger. Allah says, يُؤْثِرُونَ ala anfusihim." They gave preference to others over themselves. وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ Though they had a dire need for what they were giving away. How many of us can do that? Allahu Akbar. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not tested us with that. Because it's difficult for us to get to that level. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding that He chose the Ansar because He knew what He wanted to achieve from them. And wallahi, they achieved it with the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about those who followed thereafter. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises all of them. We hope and pray that we are also included from amongst those who came thereafter. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us true followers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns all of us. Very interesting verses. I'm sure most of us know these verses off by heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqu allaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat nighad wattaqu allaha إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ O you who believe, be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fear your Creator, be conscious of Him, and every single one of you should prepare for tomorrow. Each one of you should look into what you have prepared when you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What are you going to give Him? What are you going to tell Him? How are you going to answer your questions? Every single one of us must ask ourselves that question. How am I going to respond to the questioning when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks me? Am I prepared for the day of Qiyamah? If we really look at that verse and we put it into practice, automatically we will stay away from haram. And automatically we will be fulfilling our duties and we will be engaging in excess good deeds, preparing for the next day, meaning for the future when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how had that Qur'an been revealed, the Qur'an that we read, had it been revealed onto a mount, that mount would have humbled itself and probably crumbled with the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas the Qur'an has been revealed to man, some of us, we don't even bat an eyelid. 
and our hearts don't even tremble when we hear the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being recited. Yet, the other creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the walls and the sand, the mounts, understand the greatness of this word. لَوْ أَنزَلْنَا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَىٰ جَبَلٍ لَرَأَيْتَهُ خَاشِعًا لَرَأَيْتَهُ خَاشِعًا مُتَصَدِّعًا مِّنْ خَشْيَةِ اللَّهِ Amazing, the power of the Qur'an. That is the verse we translated just before we recited it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept us all. And at the end of that surah, Allah makes mention of lots of His names and qualities. And I'm sure a lot of us memorize some of those verses. Beautiful verses. It is He, Allah, there is none besides Him. And after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of some of His names and His qualities. It is important that we get to know the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We understand them. And we believe in them. And we use them to call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not impossible to learn one name a day. One name every day. Ponder over it. Use it to call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us strong. The next surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how our families and our relations will not help us, nor will they help anyone else on the day of Qiyamah in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On that day when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judges between people, He says, your lineage will not come to your assistance. My father was a rich man. No, that's got nothing to do with today. Meaning with the day of Qiyamah. I was from a very noble home. My dad was a president or a leader or a prime minister or the imam in the masjid. No, that will not help. Each one will answer his or her own questions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on me and you. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that which will help be there for us. Those who have followed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will argue and fight and intercede on their behalf. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the intercession of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He has spoken about it many times. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those who deserve it. Amen. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how the enemies of Islam we should not befriend those who are open and outright enemies of Islam. We should not befriend them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks it in, meaning mentions it in the first verse of the surah and in the last verse as well. But that does not mean that we hate those who are not Muslims. No ways. Allah clarifies that in the same surah. لَا يَنْهَاكُمُ اللَّهُ عَنِ الَّذِينَ لَمْ يُقَاتِلُوكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ وَلَمْ يُخْرِجُوكُمْ مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ Allah does not stop you from being good and from fulfilling the complete rights of those who have not fought you as Muslimin. Those who are non-Muslims, they didn't fight you, they didn't drive you out of your homes, they did not attack you in any way. They are not from amongst those whom you must not befriend. Meaning, you can have a limited friendship with them. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
Allah says, He prohibits you from befriending those who have come out to fight you, who have come out to kill you, who have come out to drive you out of your homes. It would be foolish for members of one army when they know the enemy is coming forth and some of them say, no, but those are our friends. Let's go and party with them. Very foolish. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making mention of that here. But still Allah says, we must be just. There is a difference between friendship and justice. Justice is for friend and foe. When your friend has done something wrong, it does not mean because he's your friend, you must now take his side. That is haram. And when your enemy has done something correct and he is right, it does not mean because he's your enemy, you must side with the other. No, that is also injustice. Allah says, stand up for justice, whether it is for you or against you. Justice must always be served and delivered. But when it comes to friendship, we need to understand the limits of friendship in Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us befriend those who are killing us and fighting us. But at the same time, may we be of the best of character and conduct. Even when it comes to the non-Muslims, may we be those who are helpful to them and who are polite to them, who can literally give the true picture of Islam that these people are very, very helpful. Remember, some people, and this is a very important clarification, some people come out and they say, you know, all the non-Muslims, we must kill them. Astaghfirullah. That is a dangerous statement, absolutely unacceptable in Islam. There were no Muslims at one stage. If that was the command, how would we have accepted Islam? How were our forefathers going to have accepted Islam? Those who utter those statements, they don't understand the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They are too lazy to go out and to serve the cause, to try and call people towards goodness. They would prefer to eradicate them. What an insult to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We could never have been taught to eradicate those around us. Impossible. Because there was a stage when only Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the one who had accepted prior to him having gone to his own wife Khadija bint Khuwailid radiallahu anha who was the first to accept the call. And even with his own companions, he made sure he went out of his way to be good. Yes, those who then lifted the spears, he defended. And he only defended when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala permitted him to defend, as we have seen in verses that we have spoken about in the last few days. So it is very important that we display the best character and conduct, and we are just to the non-Muslims. And we make sure that we are not guilty of portraying the wrong image of this beautiful religion of Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us torch bearers and flag bearers of this deen. So that just by looking at us, we can have large troops of non-Muslims who can realize that this is the truth. And they can turn the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informs us. Wallahi la an yahdi Allahu bika rajulan wahida khayrul laka min humurin na'am Wallahi if Allah has used you to guide one human being it's better for you than all the most expensive and valuable material items that this dunya holds just one person so imagine if we were to go out and smile and we were to be helpful and we were to be honest and trustworthy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us very, very good. So this particular surah is clarifying and making it very clear to say there are certain categories of people that we regard as enemies. 
But not all the non-Muslims are that. The majority of them are in fact innocent people who are waiting for the message of Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us to serve the cause. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next surah speaks about hypocrisy in the opening verses. Surah Al-Saf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu lima taquluna ma la taf'aloon kabura maqtan indallahi an taquluu ma la taf'aloon O believers, why is it that you are uttering that which you do not fulfill? Why is it that your statements are heading in one direction and your deeds are heading in another direction? Why? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that is a very serious crime in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is warning us from hypocrisy. We say we are Muslimin, we should live as Muslims. We have given someone our word, we must live by it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us honest. What a big insult. Sometimes we have... People who appear to be brilliant Muslims, ambassadors of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, dressed absolutely Islamically. And the people will tell you, you know what, this man frequents the casinos. What an insult to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Or they will tell you, this is the most dishonest businessman, stay very far away from him. Yet he looks so religious. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. It is very important that we tackle both the exterior and the interior. There is no point in tackling the exterior when the interior is hollow like bamboo. And no point in tackling the interior when the exterior does not even show that we are Muslimin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us Muslims who are proud to be Muslims. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us hypocritical. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that, He asks, he asks a question in the same surah. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَى تِجَارَةٍ تُنْجِيكُمْ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ O you who believe, should I not show you that business or those dealings that you can engage in that will save you from a very painful punishment? Allahu Akbar. Nowadays, when a robbery has occurred in our house once, we employ the top security firm. And on top of that, we will put in our homes the top systems, the sensors that will sense a rat which will run across the yard. We have those systems. Why? We are worried about any form of pain. Any form of pain, we are worried about it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So Allah is telling us, we are so worried about this dunya for one thief to walk into our yard. Forget about stealing. If you have noticed a thief finished, you won't sleep that night. It's a fact. So if we are so worried about that, what about the punishment of the akhirah where there will be serpents and the descriptions given in the Quran where there will be snakes and scorpions awaiting those who have transgressed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, wait, I will show you the system to protect yourself from that. تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَتُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ بِأَمْوَالِكُمْ وَأَنفُسِكُمْ Believe in Allah and follow the messenger. Believe in the messenger and struggle. Struggle yourselves with your wealth, with your bodies. Struggle to achieve the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
struggle to become better Muslims. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept that struggle from us. So our whole life must be a struggle. The word jihad is misunderstood by many. Sometimes intentionally misinterpreted by the non-Muslims. Jihad means a struggle. It does not necessarily solely and only mean a holy war. That might be included in the term. But the greater part of the interpretation of that word is to do with the struggle to be the best of people, to be the example that when people look at us, automatically they say, that man, I'd like to be like him. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us those whose struggle is made easy and may He accept it from us thereafter. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it here. I mentioned these verses a few days ago and I said Allah uses the term business. Why? Because many people when it comes to business, they are quick to listen. They think that it is to do with the dollar and the rand and gold and silver. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses that term here to draw our attention. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all understanding. Then the next surah is surah al-Jumu'ah. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention the importance of Jumu'ah. And the fact that once a week we must attend the masjid so that we can. Meaning once a week we must come early to listen to the khutbah, the talk. So that we can refresh and we can listen to the message once again. And it can give us the dose that we need insha'Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who can come to Jumu'ah so early. Do you know there is a competition every Friday? There is a long hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whoever arrives first for Jumu'ah, as though they have sacrificed one big camel for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever arrives in, that, in the first moments, for them there is the same reward. Then the ones who come later, as though they have sacrificed a smaller animal. The ones who come later, as though they have sacrificed a chicken. The ones who come almost towards the end, meaning just before the lecture starts, as though they have sacrificed an egg. And thereafter, when the imam gets up, even the angels who are writing the names, close the books and they come in to listen to the lecture. So now, those who have come late, the Jumu'ah might be done. The farad is achieved. But the greater reward, they did not achieve it. Why? Because even the angels did not register that these people had attended. So it's important, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala names one whole surah. After Surah Al-Jumu'ah, meaning after Jumu'ah. And he says, إِذَا نُودِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ مِنْ يَوْمِ الْجُمُعَةِ فَاسْعَوْا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَذَرُوا الْبَيْعِ When the call is called for Jumu'ah, the adhan is called, leave all your dealings and rush towards the masjid. What a command. May Allah make us strong. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us win that competition I spoke about moments ago, at least once in our lives. At least once in our lives, let's get here from early morning to say, Ya Allah, I want to win the competition today. So at least once our names will be written that this person has sacrificed a camel. We know that it's difficult to find camels in this part of the world, but there will be people in our cities who will be sacrificing camels every single week. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us strong. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next surah, meaning the surah is named after Al-Munafiqun, the hypocrites themselves. Moments ago we spoke of some qualities of hypocrisy. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala names the whole surah, the surah of the hypocrites. And in it, there are some of the qualities of the hypocrites. I want to mention one. يَحْسَبُونَ كُلَّ صَيْحَةٍ عَلَيْهِمْ Every cry, a hypocrite regards it as an attack against him. Listen very carefully. 
This is a very, very important statement. If I want to know if I am a hypocrite, or you want to know if you have hypocrisy in you, there is one question. When the imam gets up and speaks, do I feel that he is attacking me? If that is the case, I am wrong, I have hypocrisy in me, there is something my guilty conscience is telling me, what that imam is saying is correct, but because I am committing the sin, so I feel like I am being addressed. Let me go and rectify my ways. But we must never get up and roll our sleeves and say, right, I'm going to fix that imam. Why? Because now he's attacking me. Look, he knows I'm the one who has that type of a business. Why did he say those who sell alcohol, we will not eat at their houses? Why did he say that? He knows that I'm the only one who sells alcohol. May Allah protect us. Well, that's a guilty conscience. That means, yes, there is something wrong. Whether he spoke about you or not, why are you engaged in the sin? When a man has committed zina, and then he runs in for Salatul Jumu'ah, may Allah protect us, and the imam is talking about zina, and coincidentally the imam says, some people, na'udhu billah, they will commit zina and rush to the masjid. That, that man will look up and he will see, he will look everywhere to say, did they see me or what? That is the guilty conscience. May Allah protect us. Why does that happen? Because the one who is involved in sin, when sin is being spoken about, he will feel maybe this is being addressed to me. And this is why it is best when you don't even know the imam. And he is speaking about something you are involved in. You must know those words were tailor-made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for your ears. And Allah had sent the message for you to remind you, please don't engage in this. Here is a stranger who has come to tell you that don't do this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So one of the qualities of the hypocrites, every cry, every scream, every yell, every message, they regard it against themselves and they feel hurt about it and they want to tackle people about it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next surah, speaks about, in fact, before we get to the next surah, at the end of the same surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us about something. He says, When the fixed time comes for the expiry of any life, we will never delay it, neither a second this way, nor a second that way. Never. So remember, the prescribed time is there. We need to prepare for our time, number one. Number two is when someone passes away in our family, we must never question Allah's decree, never. That time was there from the day they were born and even before. From when they were in the wombs of their mothers, it was already prescribed. When they would be born and when they were going to die. So do not despair, that was Allah's fixed time. It was a plan from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We believe and Islam and Iman, the only religion on the globe that makes it incumbent upon its followers to accept that good and bad fate, we won't question, it comes from Allah. وَالْقَدْرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Good and bad fate is from Allah, I won't question it, I will surrender to it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us strong. Then the next surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how our children and our wealth become a test for us at times. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ فِتْنَةٌ Definitely, your wealth, your children, your offspring, and in another verse, even your family members, your spouses, all these items are a test. So remember to pass the test. Two things we need to remember. One is, we must never give our family members or our wealth or anything that is created preference over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
When Allah's command comes, it is first, then everything else. But at the same time, the second thing to remember is, we must never ever oppress because it is a test. Don't oppress your spouse. Don't steal money. Don't do wrong dealings with your wealth. And don't even oppress your children. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows absolutely everything as we mentioned at the beginning of tonight's talk. So it's important that we realize both these items. Then in the next surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about talaq. The surah is named surah al-talaq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really preserve the marriages of those who have married. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help on an eve like this. Those who are having marital turbulence and disputes, it is not impossible to solve the problems, to forgive and forget, and to start a new leaf. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to start a new leaf. One brother, just on a lighter note, I told him, brother, you need to start a new leaf. He says, but now my pens have stopped working. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. What he meant by that, I leave it to you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. We will use our pens inshallah and we will start on a new leaf without mistakes. Alhamdulillah. Wherever we make mistakes, we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we must remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us regarding talaq. Don't ever utter the words. Don't ever utter the words, no matter what. When you, when you want to divorce, you must first consult the ulama. Sit with them, talk to them. Have a meeting with them. Realize and understand what you are getting into. And then divorce solely in the correct way. Otherwise, if we utter the words and blurt them with our mouths, we will regret. The hadith says, There are three things that even if you are joking about them, they will occur. And even if you are being serious about them, they will occur. An-nikahu wa-talaqu and the freeing of a slave. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. And in this surah, Allah makes mention of the iddah, and Allah says, Whoever is going to fear Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show them a way and make a way out for them. And Allah will grant them through a means that they never dreamt of. What does this mean? Sometimes a woman is divorced and she loses hope. Now what's going to happen to me? Allah says, don't worry, that was the best thing that could have happened to you. Allah will open another door for you. Be patient. And Allah says, if you fear Allah and you are conscious of Allah, very soon He will open a new door for you from where you did not even imagine. Allahu Akbar. So those whom this problem has happened to, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make them strong. The same applies. Those who engage in what is known as mudslinging after divorce, which is haram in Islam. After a divorce, someone asks you, what went wrong? You should say, look, we were not compatible. That's it. Don't go into details. It is not up to me or up to you to start disgracing someone in public no matter what. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So if we are victims of mudslinging, don't worry. Allah will cleanse your name at one stage, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala neither make us the victims nor the perpetrators. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ يُسْرًا Not only will we open the doors, but we will make things easy for that person if they fear Allah. And we will grant them so much goodness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness. The last surah that we read tonight, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that surah speaks about forgiveness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs all of us a very powerful instruction. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu Tubu ilallahi 
توبة نصوحا الله أكبر We have now come towards the end of Ramadan What a beautiful verse Reminding us Oh you who believe Repent to Allah Not only repent to Allah But repent to Allah A true repentance May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Make us from amongst those Who can seize the month of Ramadan To repent And not just repent A true repentance Let's turn to Allah Asa rabbukum Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will compensate all your sins and He will grant you Jannah in return. How many of us would do that for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Inshallah, we will all do that for the sake of Allah. Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. He shows us how the wife of Fir'aun sought forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the same surah at the end. And he says the wife of Fir'aun knew that Fir'aun was on the wrong path. She raised her hands and she says, Oh Allah, oh my Rabb, oh my Creator. Build for me, make for me, right near you a house. She didn't say, build for me a house near you, but she said, build for me, make for me near you a house. Because the nearness was more important than the house itself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draw us closer and closer to Him. And she continues to say, save me from Fir'aun and his deeds. And save me from those who are oppressors. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also save us from oppression. And may Allah grant us success in this, on this day, this beautiful month of Ramadan. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.